You're listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. That's AKA Murph. And that's AP. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it with tales from all over the nation. Come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. So what did you think of that? Well, you know what? It sounds exactly like the little song that they play at a horse race track before they start racing the horses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's what it reminds me of. But it also reminds me of Morning on Ragbri. I know. So today we get to hear from Alicia Rao, and she's also known as the trumpet chick. Um, have you had the luck to witness her in action during Ragbri? Well, you know what? Uh, I actually haven't because I don't camp with pork belly, but she did work with us. She did work with us extensively during the virtual ragbri, and so I've heard a lot of her music and worked with her, and she is just the best. Yeah, I agree. I had so much fun interviewing her, and for those listeners like me who have not met or heard Alicia during ragbri, she obviously rides a, rides her bike across the state of Iowa during ragbri. And has a special setup on her bike to carry what she calls a pocket trumpet. Yeah, it's literally the cutest little trumpet and it fits right in your pocket so she can take it with her on her bike. And when she gets to the top of a big hill, she'll like when you and I would be out of breath and panting and right. <laughs> on it, barely able to breathe, she would hop off her bike and play her trumpet f- to encourage the other riders that are trying to bike up the hill. So, and like we said, she also camps with pork bellies. So every evening and every morning, she'll play some music for the campers. Oh, yeah. It's it's pretty cool. So Alicia lives in New York, and she's actually a professional trumpet player. But she grew up in Iowa, which is pretty cool, and loves to come back each year to ride Ragbri. So is she going to come back this year? She says she is. So... Let's take a listen to Alicia and our interview with the Trumpet Chick. All right, well, back for an encore, I would like to welcome Alicia Rao to the show. Hello. Hello. (laughs) It's been a few years, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, I think um, you were interviewed by uh, Kyle Munson, who is also uh, somebody that contributes to the Just Go Bike podcast. And I feel like that was maybe kind of um, still pretty deep into COVID. Does that sound about right? It was, because that was, uh, I believe, the first year that I, I think when we decided that Ragbri wasn't happening, not we, but when it was decided that Ragbri wasn't happening and then... So we did a podcast kind of just to encourage writers and connect across. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you did a lot to connect people in general during COVID times. And uh, that's kind of a side topic. And for sure, in the show notes, uh, we have a link to uh, Alicia's other podcast interview with Kyle. And it's really a cool, heartwarming, you know, gets you back reminiscing about um, how different COVID times were versus now. Yeah, yeah, it was different. It's definitely still adjusting back to uh, whatever this is now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know you can't even say the word normal life anymore. It's just like, all right, yeah. this is what we're doing now. 
this is it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we already said in the intro, but you are, I don't know if you self-proclaimed yourself or if Ragbri named you this, but you're the trumpeter. Uh, I, I, I kind of came up with, we were trying to find a name in the, for early years of writing Ragbri, and so we went with uh, Trumpet Chick. I've kind of moved on to just my name, Alicia Rao, but uh, it's still stuck. So uh, it's it's still there. <laughs> if, if needed, I will answer to Trumpet Chick. <laughs> Professionally, yeah, it's Alicia Rao, but um, on Ragbri, that's still kind of kind of mine nomenclature. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, thousands of people do ragbri. And I am one of the few maybe that has never gotten to the top of a hill and had you playing your trumpet or I've never heard you at the crack of dawn, you know, kind of getting everybody up out of their tents. So I, for one, am really excited to talk to you and kind of get a feel for what it's like and, you know, maybe stalk you a little bit on ragbri this year so I can witness and see the excitement when uh, the trumpet comes out and everyone's cheering you on well i'm not ever afraid of a little bit of stocking friendly <laughs> stocking it'd yes. be a good thing <laughs> yes i'm sorry that i haven't gotten to see you or you haven't gotten to see me on a hill so i hope that that can happen this year it's it's a funny thing where i might see some people will find me several times and then i'll see someone that says i haven't seen you yet like at the end of the week i never saw you on a hill yeah. or they'll hear me but it's right when i'm finishing because as you know it's just constant a flow of bites so when i jump off on a hill i will I would love to stay the whole day, the whole day, but I'm also riding every day to yeah. get to the end, and so I can't stay all day. So I feel so bad when I, when it's like, all right, I have to, I have to keep pedaling. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine that feeling. You know, but, you're like, I'm going to get to this top of the hill, and I'm going to cheer people on with my trumpet, and and then you probably are watching. Like, there's no end. There's no that, end to the people. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's totally what happens. Wow. Okay. Well, before we get into uh, you know the deep into life as a professional trumpet player, will you uh, tell the listeners? Um, I know that you're an Iowa native, correct? Correct. Okay. I am. So give us a little, you know, tiny background about being from Iowa, but then also where you currently live and maybe if there's a cycling culture there. Yes. So uh, I grew up in Southwest Iowa. And as a child, I remember Rag Bride going past our farm a few times and being a little confused about those funny shoes and the <laughs> men in tights. <laughs> um, and I never actually, surprisingly, never rode Rag Bride until I moved to New York City. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, as a young person, rode a bike. And in college, I went to University of Iowa, and I had a bike there. But it was a very basic commuter bike. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to New York, didn't have a bicycle here, came here to, to be a musician and perform and teach music. And I had this idea, I kind of want to get a bike just to get around. And I had a trumpet student, and she's like, I have a bike I never use. I'll sell it to you for two trumpet lessons and I said deal <laughs> <laughs> so I started commuting and then I started to ride more and get more into the culture here what you'll find here is I think what you find in most uh, bigger cities there are commuters there are more hardcore racers there are messengers and especially after COVID there are a lot more of all of those mm -hmm. just because of the bike community and getting around in other ways besides buses and trains at the time um, 
So then I got into more into writing and then Ragbri was going past our farm again. And so I went, flew home to perform in our town and was so intrigued. I rode for a day. Mm. I borrowed a friend's bike, rode for a day. And then I was like, wait, this is kind of amazing. I need to find a community like this in New York. And so I researched and found the New York Cycle Club. And uh, that's a great club that has all levels of riding and it's just $30 a year. So it was a very affordable club to get into. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I just started riding with New York Cycle Club. And then that was a great way to train. So then the next year I started doing rag ride full time. Oh, my gosh. That is such an awesome story. <laughs> it's funny. I had to go to New York in order to go back. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a great example. Like everybody, you know, everybody's how I got into Ragbri story is different, but yet it's so similar where, you know, I, I saw it, I knew what it was. And then once I got a little taste of it, I was hooked. Right, right. It is. It is. And it's, it's that bubble that you you can't ever fully explain to anyone until they do it. And then they're like, oh, whoa, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So I, uh, you know, you said that you have a bike in New York and you ride and I uh, watched several of like your YouTube videos, you know, during the COVID times where you were literally opening up your window and, you know, playing the trumpet out to the world. And mm -hmm. I don't know if that is actually where you lived or if you were just going to that place, but that does not seem like a bike friendly neighborhood. I mean, you were like, <laughs> downtown New York city. Well, so that, that was in that building, but it's actually a neighbor who is up on the almost top floor. And so since he has a great view, I, I so it started that I would go on the roof and play because of the, uh, we had the turnover of staff at 7 p.m. every night during COVID. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the nursing staff, frontline workers, mm -hmm. and it became a tradition that everyone would cheer, honk their horns, lean out windows and clap bang pots and pans and I was like wait wait I can play the trumpet that would add to the noise yeah and I went to my roof and then it started to be maybe I think after a while the roof closed that's what it was they closed the roof during COVID which is a little ironic right <laughs> for air but uh so then my neighbor who would go to the roof a lot who is also frustrated he was like well come play out my window because it's just such a great expanse of of air to play out of across mm -hmm. Manhattan surprisingly though even though it doesn't look bike friendly it's very bike bike heavy and friendly I oh, guess yeah. you could say Good. it's a very different type of riding but to be honest I, I I feel safer mingled in between cabs and buses than I do when I'm back home with my family in Iowa and I want to train and I'm on a solo road a quite empty road but then a a big pickup truck barrels past or sure. you go over a hill and there's a tractor and it's just a little harder to, I, I feel like here you, you just have to keep eye contact with all the commuters and the cabs. And once you make the visual, like everyone kind of does the dance together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's safe, but <laughs> it feels, yeah, at least the, it feels safer. <laughs> it, it feels, it's just, I guess, a dance that I know well, whereas when I'm back home, I'm kind of like, I hope you see me. Everybody, <laughs> you see me? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's what I have in my head all the time when I'm uh, biking on roads. Like, I hope they see me. I hope they see me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, we talked a little bit about it, the trumpet, and mm -hmm. you said you moved to New York to, you know, pursue professional trumpet playing. Do you want to give us a little bit of background about your career? Sure, sure. So I've been playing 
the trumpet since I was 10 years old. And prior to that, I played the piano. I come from a very musical family. So I've been playing it for many years. Yeah. I guess I'm afraid of my age. It's been, let me do the math. <laughs> A lot of years now, 40, no, 35 years. Wow. That's commitment. So that is commitment. It is commitment. <laughs> it's still a struggle. It's it's like any other job. It's it, it's fun. It has its perks and then it has its challenges. So it's not easy, but I love it. Um, I went to University of Iowa. I, I graduated from Harlan High School. I opened and enrolled to Harlan because of the music program they have there to kind of help give me more of a foundation in my interest with music mm -hmm. and that kind of propelled me to Iowa and then I did a study abroad program while I was at school in Iowa and lived in West Africa and I got a lot of uh, credit just playing the trumpet I guess field credit by performing wow. with locals so that was that was great it was a lot different than Iowa to go to, to fly to West Africa right <laughs> speak French and a native language Wolof and, and play the music but connect through music Through you know music, even right. the language that well we were able to connect uh, and then I was still I, I did the five-year plan the all too known well-known five-year plan of college and as I finished I was still not quite sure what I wanted to really do with all these interests and a career advisor suggested an internship so I interviewed in New York City and got an internship writing press releases for a nonprofit arts organization hmm. And that brought me to New York so that I could then stay and actually make music as well. So it was kind of like the hand holding that pulled me there so that I could make it work. <laughs> and here you are now, 2023, at the time of this recording. Are you still a professional trumpet player? I still am a professional trumpet player nice. and a teacher. Yes. <laughs> that is amazing. And uh, do you get to, like, do you have gigs that you play weekly or nightly, or is it still kind of revolving? It's, I would say weekly. Uh, it depends on the week. Sometimes I may have, you know, two on a weekend. Sometimes I might not have any. It really does vary. Um, a great example, last weekend I booked a Saturday afternoon gig, and it was an all-female brass band, kind of a New Orleans-style band, playing mm -hmm. for a grand opening of an all-female-owned, uh, sorry, uh, clothing store. Oh. And while I was on the gig, I got a text to see if I was available to do a wedding gig Saturday night. So I finished the afternoon gig. I had my, I have an e-bike now, so I rode my e-bike quickly. That's that's my version of a car yeah. with all my gear back home changed into wedding uh, reception wardrobe and got on a subway and went to Brooklyn to do a second gig. So I had a double header. <laughs> that's, <awesome. laughs> that's kind of the way it goes. Sometimes you'll have, you'll have to go, you know, that was basically eight hours playing on a Saturday and then other weeks I may not have one or I might have one Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Interesting. Wow. That's cool. And then uh, look at the last week of July. Um, I don't know if it's a paying gig or not, but you <laughs> have a gig for seven, probably eight days straight, I assume. I do. Yeah. I'm, booked, I'm booked in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I so, wouldn't say it's a paid gig, but it's, it is a sort of a trade with the, with the, I work out a deal so that I, kind of earn my keep with where I camp. Perfect. So I wake everyone up, I put them to sleep, and then... Perfect, <laughs> perfect. 
Okay, so let's get into, you know, Ragbri specifically. And you told us a little bit of the story of, you know, Ragbri came through your where your farm was, you rode a day, you got hooked. Um, tell mm-hmm. us how your Ragbri experience is, you know, now as a, a an adult. Um, you come back from New York, and then how do you do Ragbri? Great. So, yeah, like you said, I first just got hooked by doing one day, and I was that classic rider that, as a veteran ragbriar, you see the person who you're like, oh, you, you haven't done this much, have you? <laughs> like, there's a girl in sneakers and a tank top, and and she's wearing a, wearing a skirt. She doesn't even have bike shorts, but she's really excited. That was me. <laughs> we all started somewhere, that's right? right? That's right, that's <laughs> right. Um, so then I got into it. I decided to do the full week, and... Uh, at that point, had started to learn about, you know, bike shorts and sh- the chamois butter and s- wearing sufficient sunblock. Everything that you need to know when you're on a bike all day for seven days in the heat of Iowa in July. And probably um, a little bit more comfortable, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> so. So then I started doing it for the full week. And as a trumpet player who does it professionally, it's what I do and it's what I need in my life. And it's a very mus- muscle, uh, a muscle intensive machine, basically. You're buzzing your lips with muscles to make these sounds. So to stop for a week is a little bit detrimental to my career. So I was like, I got to bring a horn along so I can at least play a little at night. I don't know, practice somewhere. <laughs> that I never Maybe thought I, of it that way. That, that was, It's just like... Yeah. Any, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to say sport, but any thing that you do, if you stop doing it, you aren't at your peak anymore. Right. Is that what right. you're saying? Like the muscles in your lips or mouth or how you, whatever you use to make the trumpet sound amazing, you, that's a skill that you have to keep up with. Yeah. Wow. It's the embouchure. You have to keep your embouchures together. Now, I'm not saying I'm a religious daily practicer. I have my weaknesses, <laughs> but there's a saying that says you miss one day on the horn, you notice. You miss two days on the horn, the bandmates notice. You miss three days on the horn, the audience notices. Ooh, okay, <laughs> okay. Most inspire you to practice every day. So I just thought maybe I can bring something along just to practice a little here and there or something. Or I also knew there are things like high school pet bands along the route. Maybe I could play with them. And so for the the second year when I did the full week, I brought it a little pocket trumpet on a bag on the front of the bike, like Hmm. inside a bag, like a saddle bag on the handlebars. Okay. And that was great, but then it started to become a thing where I would stop and play on the hills, or I would stop and play with bands, and people would enjoy it. But then later, nobody realized that was the person that they're talking to that did all that. So I'm like, nobody knows I'm that person. I have to make this trumpet visible. (laughs) So I got a a, a triathlete attachment that they have for water water bottles that go on the back of the bike seat. I had that, purchased that, and had my dad add a mount, a custom-made mount that holds the pocket trumpet on the back of the bike. Oh, so as you're riding and not playing the trumpet, it's still visible. So everyone around you is all like, oh, my God, there she is. Yeah, and it sits right behind and under the saddle. So I, for a while, had a a custom bike kit that said nice brass on the back. (laughs) 
It goes well with ragbag. Do you remember the very first time you played on Ragbri? I remember that it was the second year where I just, I brought it along and and just started playing along the route. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the specific first time, but I just remember starting to go, wait, these hills are, are great, you know, a great place to stop and play. Um, But I don't remember the first time. So I have a couple of friends. Um, we do a lot of self-contained biking, which means, you know, all your gear is on your bike. And one of my friends, I don't think they do it every year, but the it's a husband and wife team. And they will carry one of those blow-up dinosaur costumes oh, where, you know, it has a little uh, fan inside. So it, it wads up fairly small, but it'll fill up one of their bags And they will do kind of what you do with the trumpet, where a big steep hill, you know, they'll get to the top of a hill, and then one of them will put on the dinosaur costume and then run along riders as they're, you know, suffering up the hill. And it was hilarious. You know, I ran into them one time. I actually saw the dinosaur before I saw them, so I knew it was them. And then to just, like, you know, sit down and watch the riders was really it was really fun so I kind of have it in my mind how people are feeling when they are hearing you as they get up to the top of that hill <laughs> yeah I would I would love to play next to a blow-up dinosaur <laughs> <laughs> maybe I can coordinate that for you one day that would be amazing, that would be amazing. yeah I will say when I when I jump up on on the hills I I tend to I don't I don't know we'll see how my endurance is this year but I tend to I get out of the saddle and and just like plow up the hill and then I jump off and safely go to the right or left and and get the horn out and start playing and then you'll you'll kind of see this the wave of riders speed up because they can hear it it's really awesome I I don't see it as much as when I have friends that stop with me they're like oh my gosh I can see it and I'm like what I was I'm sorry I was playing but I do see everyone cheering and I and I make contact sometimes people you know put their hands out to give me a high five while I'm playing and then what's really fun for me is after let's say 10 minutes I have to keep pedaling like I said yeah. I'll jump on and then I'll blast ahead and and I might pass pass several waves and I'll hear them talking about there that they have like stories about that that trumpet person that they saw and oh I'm like, my oh, gosh they don't know that I can hear them now <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny okay so then in addition to the hills um you kind of alluded to this when we first started talking um that you wake people up with your trumpet do you want to tell us about like your camp setup Sure, sure. So I camp with the Pork Belly Ventures, and I will get up and get as much of my stuff ready ahead of time so that at 6 a.m., no, I think it's 7 a.m., I don't remember now, it's sun, sunrise-ish, mm-hmm. <laughs> I will play Reveille, and it's a pretty big campsite, so sometimes we will have to get me on a, on a, now I forgot the word, ATV, like a Oh, like a golf, golf cart or four-wheeler? Yeah, and they'll take me around to get to as much of the tent city as I can, or I'll find a big hill if, if our campsite is kind of nestled over a hill so that the sound can carry. And it's just a way of getting people moving because they have to, you know, the pork bellies and, any, and everyone else that has charters or camp campsites, they have to get stuff moving too. So it's like, all right, guys, let's get moving. And... Uh, and I'll choose a song, a morning song too, you know, like, oh, what a beautiful morning or 
on the road again, stuff like that. And then at night during sunset, it's fun. It's most people like it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there are a few, there are a few that are like, can you play it a little later? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would be a little bit bummed if I didn't know you were in the tent next to me. And then in the morning <laughs> you stood there and played, I'd be like, Oh, come on, Alicia. Like, could you, no, it's too early. I know it's, it's always feels too early, but hey, we got to start right. We got to get going, yeah. Get going, yeah. And um, for those who don't know, Pork Belly Ventures, you know, Pete and Tammy are uh, they've been around for a long time, and they have an amazing charter. And I'm sorry to say that they're completely sold out for 2023. But um, even if you know you can't be part of Pork Belly this year, at least look them up online because they are a top notch charter. They are really wonderful, and, and and a really cool side note about that. So after a few, the first couple of years of of Ragbri, I camped with Quad Cities Bike Club, not because I was a member, but because when I did that one day, my first year, I met some riders that were like, "You got to do the whole year," including I don't know if people remember or know the the guy that rides without a saddle. Yeah, bareback. Um, Yep, uh, Dean. So Dean. Dean Bearback, yeah. So he was one of the guys that saw me when I was playing and then riding that one day. And so he connected me with Quad Cities Bike Club. So the first couple of years I rode with them, I camped with them. But then I was looking for kind of something where I could play for a larger group mm-hmm. at night and in the morning. And then ironically, I started researching and I found pork bellies and they their headquarters are within five miles of my parents' farm. Oh, Nice. What a small so, world. Like, I know. Like, again, I had to move to New York to do rag ride <laughs> and then find out about the charter that's five miles from our farm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is crazy. Uh, so, okay, I was going to ask you how you transport your trumpet, but you already told me that. Um, and I think it goes without saying that you will be back this July for rag Bri again, right? I will. I will. After a few years off, I'm excited to be back. And yes, with my trumpet. Okay. And it's even more special that it's going to be the 50th year. Yeah. I think you're going to have a lot of opportunity to touch people that have never seen you, including me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I look forward to it. So if I'm like, you know, riding my bike up all the hills, um, is there a way to actually know, like, are you, do you leave every time, same time every morning or like, is there a way to kind of find out where you are that's such a such a thing that such a situation i'm trying to figure out because i yeah i always play every you know the same time every morning and at night and i like where i'm camping i tend to play reveille near what we call the coffee truck where they're giving coffee and on a big hill overlooking all the campers um but on the route it's so hit or miss because you know when how long is my breakfast line that I find when I find sure. breakfast when do I reach the biggest hills and I also don't know when there's the hill I'm until I get to one I'm like oh I want to stop here so something somebody mentioned recently on the uh, rag by forum she was like do you have a, a trumpet chick finder like oh. an app or something and I don't but I'm would love someone to help me figure that out all right if, if there's, there's a- if there's any listeners out there that are really savvy with not, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I'd like to stalk you a little bit, but not, you know, we don't want, <laughs> we don't want everyone to know when you're in the cornfield, right? 
<laughs> right. I'd like some cornfield <laughs> privacy and some tent <laughs> privacy, but maybe along the route, if someone finds out that they're only two hills ahead of me and they want to, or two miles ahead and they want to wait for me to reach them so they can actually hear a song, yeah. that would be kind of cool. Okay. Well, if anybody out there has ideas or maybe, uh, the engineer brain that could figure it out, um, either go to Alicia's website or, you know, contact us at Just Go Bike. We'll try and connect you. That'd be great. Um, Do you, like, have any, like, oh, my gosh, memories that when you're talking to people about Ragbri and taking your trumpet that you kind of maybe tell that story? Oh, where do I begin? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I will... I'll share a few, okay? Well, the first one that always pops up, and every once in a while people will say that they they, they tell this story to others because it was so funny. So you know how when you're riding in the first three hours, you're looking for breakfast, right. and there is always a few spots where a farm will have a great lawn overlooking the riders, and if you're lucky to, to be able to pull off and wait in line, you can get like a great breakfast burrito and sit on a blanket and just watch the riders go past. Mm -hmm. And if you're even more lucky, there's a big cornfield nearby and you can use the restroom. As we all know, (laughs) the cornfield's a lot better than a porta potty or as we call a kaibo in rag ride. Uh, So I was one morning sitting with some friends that I like to ride with and and we were all kind of quiet because we were all just hungry and waking up, having our burrito, watching all the riders go past. We finished eating, and then it's like, well, let's all hit the cornfield, and then we can start pedaling again. And one of the benefits of using a pocket trumpet, even though it's it's actually the same size and weight as a normal-sized trumpet, it's just wrapped up in a smaller, wrapped-up fashion. It's just wrapped up differently, so it's mm. tinier, but it's the same size and weight as a normal trumpet. Mm. Being that it's wrapped up in a different shape, I can easily smuggle it under a bike jersey. Oh, okay. And let's say go into the cornfield with it and no one knows. <laughs> so I did that. I brought it in there, did my business. <laughs> and then instead of just coming out of the cornfield, I, I played when the Saints go marching in and scared the bleep out of other people that were in, in the cornfield <laughs> because I played in the cornfield. So you did it like uh, field of dream style where you come walking out of the cornfield? Like, yeah, I marched out of the cornfield playing when the Saints go marching in. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I've i never been serenaded while I'm in a cornfield doing my business. <laughs> oh, that was pretty funny. <laughs> oh my God, that is awesome. Um, another one I, I love that, to do is, you know, a, what we have on RAGBRAI is a lot of riders that are college buddies from college from years back. So, you know, old alumni from years ago that are reuniting and getting a week together to, to reconnect. And I'll see people and they'll be like, oh, I'm from Michigan. This is my buddy. We haven't seen each other in 10 years. Do you know the Michigan fight song? Oh. And over and over, I'll say, okay, uh, sing it. And as they sing, I'm kind of trying to learn it in my head and in my fingers on the valves. And then I'll say, okay, sing it one more time. And they sing it. And then I play it for them. And so it's fun for the people listening. It's fun for me because that's a way, like, again, this is like good practice for me because it's ear training. I'm always learning new stuff on on the fly. And if I'm lucky, they'll buy me a beer or a hot dog. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody wins. (laughs) So there's a note to people listening uh, that may run into Alicia that she will take requests and she will accept free beer and food. 
I will. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It does get complicated with requests because sometimes a song that you somebody might want doesn't translate well to the trumpet. Yeah. Like, of course, the classic Freebird. Like, I would love to play Freebird when somebody shouts that out, but it doesn't, it doesn't work. <laughs> so I will definitely consider a request, but if I end up not able to take a request, just know that it's because it doesn't translate to the trumpet. It's nothing personal. <laughs> Do you have a request most frequently requested? Uh, the various fight songs are definitely commonly requested. So I tend to review um, a lot of the, the main uh, college songs that I know will need to play along the route. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, some more America the Beautiful, God Bless America type songs can get requested at times, and those are fun to play. I, I like to play those. So at night when I play taps at sunset, I also, I'll start off with a, a more mellow song to kind of oh, wind yeah. down. And it'll often be some more tribute songs like that and then end with taps. Um, but I am always looking for new ones and try, you know, you have to choose the ones that have a, a good melody and rhythm to kind of pedal people up the hill. Sure, so, yeah. You know. And um, I am a, sorry listeners, but I'm a huge Hawkeye fan. So I'm assuming that you know the Iowa Fight song since you're also Hawkeye, <laughs> Hawkeye alumni. I am, but I also know the Iowa State song. Okay. I've learned a few others, and I need to refresh before July, which I will do, I promise. Yes, because <laughs> we're going through the Iowa City, Coralville area, and Ames, and also Des Moines. I think Drake University probably has a good fight song, too. Oh, I better learn that one. <laughs> I'm writing that down. <laughs> Um, well, before we go, do you have like, um, contact information or website information? So if people, you know, a want to hear some of your performances, they can look, but also, you know, who knows, maybe somebody wants to give you a, a tip ahead of time. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you can always go to my website. I have a website that's, uh, www.aliciarau.com. That's A-L-I-C-I-A-R-A-U.com. I also have a YouTube channel that's, um, you know, youtube.com backslash at Alicia Rao. So you can always just look me up there to look for more videos, Facebook as well, Alicia Rao. But um, if you go right to my website, you'll have, you'll find all contact information there and a link to the YouTube channel. Excellent. And then come this July, um, of course, people who are already part of the Pork Belly Ventures Charter will get to hear you every morning and night. But will you also have the special carrier so your trumpet's on the back of your bike this year? I have the mount ready, okay. and I have the trumpet ready. Um, can I share one more funny memory about the trumpet from Ragbri? Yes, of course. <laughs> so, as you know, Ragbri is a bubble. Even though you're in the middle of communities and you can break away and find places if you need to get away to, I don't know, buy a milk or make a phone call or take a break you it's when you're in the bubble you kind of just feel like why do, i don't want to break away from the bubble like it's this moving thing and the last year i did rag ride the first day uh we were heading out of council bluffs and i heard like you know if if a, a nail falls and hits the concrete like ding 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 and i heard that noise and i just remember hearing it 10 miles later, I stopped to get a breakfast and I noticed that my trumpet is missing a valve. And I was like, oh, oh no. There's no finding it at that point. And then you think, I, this is the first day. Where am I going to find a pocket trumpet 
on a Sunday because it's day one. And I'm assuming and that you have to have that in order to play. You do. Oh, no. <laughs> and even if I were to find one, how would I know it would fit on the mount? Didn't know what to do. I called my mom, and she's like, well, let's call your high school jazz band director. And I called him, and he happened to answer, and he had one, and he gave it to me, and now that's the one I use. Oh, wow. I know. <laughs> so the, the power of Iowans coming through I'm again. I'm telling you. That's why I love ragbrights. Just, you know, as an Iowa native, you would think it would be just like, oh, I'm just back home. But I get to see Iowa in a way that I never get to see when I'm home. Because it's different when you're on a bike for a week. You yeah. just see it. And, you know, this is the 50th Ragbri, and thousands of people do Ragbri every year. But I'm going to guess when you're in your element in New York City, um, not everybody that you meet or talk to even knows what Ragbri is. They do not. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm spreading the word one, one person at a time. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Alicia, I so appreciate you coming back on the podcast and sharing some stories and letting us, you know, hear your YouTube teaser so that people who haven't heard you yet can, you know, get a feel for what maybe they can find this July. I look forward to it. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Well, thank you so much and see you in July. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, listeners, that is it for this week. We both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Just Go Bike podcast. And if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast, or maybe you have a topic in mind, you can reach us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com, or you can also follow us on social media at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially if you're a fan. And if you have any extra time, pop on over to the Morphology Podcast for more bike adventure interviews. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back next week. Until then, just, just go bike! bike.